everyone to the Power Chats podcast. My name is Christine Martindale, Corporate Communications Specialist and your host of this podcast. Mitsubishi Power has entered the podcast arena and I'm so excited to be bringing you stimulating interviews, news, and on-the-go info that takes place right here on this platform. The Power Chats podcast has been created to spotlight team members of Mitsubishi Power who share a passion for bringing the best customer service solutions to our internal and external customers. With June being National Safety Month and safety being one of our core values at Mitsubishi Power, there was so much to talk about around the topic of safety that we are breaking this episode into two parts. Here is part one, and we hope you enjoy this discussion. I have with me today in the podcast studio for episode three, Elizabeth Johnson, Environmental Health and Safety Director for Mitsubishi Power. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you for taking the time out today for being on the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited about this. I'm excited to have you. So we have a lot to talk about today, but first tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how long you've been working for Mitsubishi Power. Um, I think the easiest way to kick that off is I've been with Mitsubishi Power for almost three years. I started off at SMW. Um, Prior to that, it's a little bit more complicated. Uh, So I'm originally from Mississippi. So I was born and raised. um, So I'm about as as deep south as you can get. But as every single true teenager at 18, I was ready to to see the world and, and, and go on an adventure. Um, And that led me down some interesting paths. Uh, Served in the United States Army for several years um, with the 18th Airborne Corps um, as military intelligence, went to um, Operation Iraqi Freedom. And that really exposed me to to so much of the world and the culture that we that we uh, live in. And it's just been a great opportunity, especially when you're in your 20s. Um, Disposable income. Why not? Let's go. Um, I do have uh, a degree from Tennessee Tech in geoscience. Everybody goes, that sounds amazing. What is it? And um, <laughs> so what it is, is basically it's Google Maps on steroids. It's, it's learning to actually build um, 3D computer generated uh, modeling for, for mapping purposes. Great for, for building municipalities and things of that nature. Um, and then I ended up a couple years ago deciding to go back and get my master's degree from Georgia Tech. And that is in occupational health and safety, which is obviously tied in directly to what I do. Um, my husband is just recently retired um, from the military after 24 years wow. of service. And so he, um, he we, we have bounced, you know, all over the Southeast, kind of all over the world in a sense as well. But we settled in Savannah, Georgia a couple of years ago. And because of that, that's how I, I got on with, with Miss Vigie Power. Um, and Jim Kelleher hired me and I worked at the Savannah plant there for a couple, um, for almost a year and a half before I was promoted. So in a roundabout way, that's really kind of who I am. Oh, that's great. First off, thank you for your service oh, well, and your you. husband's service. And, oh, well, thank you. And uh, speaking of Savannah, I was there a few months ago and for the first time ever. So people were like, you, okay, it's first time in the factory, but no, first time to Savannah ever. Like, mm-hmm. but wow, what a, what a beautiful city that is. And so, um, yeah, it's uh, growing kind of closer, growing up close outside of New Orleans. Um, it reminds me a lot of home in a sense. And I tell everybody, I said, you know, if Charleston, South Carolina and New Orleans, Louisiana had a baby, it would be Savannah. Um, and so it's, it's really a great place of home. But the plant there in Savannah is just 
it's it's a whole nother breed in itself um, and it's a it's a great organization um, and department so anybody ever get a chance to go to plant I highly recommend it. absolutely that's what I that's what I tell people as well too um, so let's dive into our conversation here so when it comes to environmental health and safety or how we reference it as EHS explain how EHS um, impacts the company with the three pillars of environmental health and safety well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I don't, here we go. We're starting out with the big question, right? I know, right? <laughs> um, no, we we impact the organization on every single level. Um, you can look at any department, whether you want to talk finance, you want to talk sales, you want to take talk HR. Um, EHS has an impact on it. Um, very simply put, you know, the three pillars, environmental health and safety. Um, everybody focuses on the safety. Everybody forgets about the environmental and health, which is fine. That's normal. But it really is important that we focus on it. So starting with the E, so environmental, what does that mean? Um, it's twofold. We have uh, Mark Peake, who is our principal environmentalist who's on my team, really is focused on what our product is doing for the world. You know, how are we making an impact as an organization? How are we changing, you know, the, the whole impact of, of, you know, the hydrogen and, and everything along those lines? And so it's really great that we focus on that. But the other aspect of it too is the responsibility of when we build our product or when we install our product, are we also being good stewards as well? And so it's, it's the twofold aspect of that, which is really, really important. And Mark um, has, is a phenomenal person. If you may get a chance to talk to him, yes. you really should. I have, yeah, he's great. Um, he represents the company um, with legislation you know, teams, you know, all the way up in DC. Um, all the way down to, to small conversations with even the UCF students who's an intern. So he's, he's fantastic he, and he really, it's probably one of the smartest people I've ever met. Um, so he's just been fantastic that way. Um, and then health. Health is easy to focus on. COVID really put it on the map. Um, you know, it's all of a sudden everybody's like, okay, what does this look like? What is, you know, this is challenging um, from an EHS standpoint. COVID was much more challenging for our field than the results of 9-11. You know, and so what, how we responded to that. And so that really put a lot of companies kind of hypervigilant about what their responsibilities are for protecting people from something you can't see. Um, and so that, that was really interesting, but it's really beyond that. I mean, last month was Mental Health Awareness Month. That plays into that as well. And so it's really key that we focus on that whole, whole business of it, not just make sure, are you wearing your safety glasses? But are you, you know, prepared to work? Are, are you mentally there? You know, fatigue is a part of that. Um, you know, work-life balance is a part of that. And so we really have that impact with as well. And then the safety aspect, that's, that's the easy one. You know, that's the one where, you know, do you, do you have your safety shoes? You know, do you have your, you know, eye protection and all of that? And that's the one that's really, really easy to see because it also kind of has that instant impact. That's where obviously we see our, our injuries. That's where we see our, our incidents and where everybody really kind of also needs to be focused on. But when you look at the whole picture, there's not one of those pillars that's more important than the other. They all have to coincide. They all need equal attention um, because they all have that great impact. I have been exposed to a lot of different companies that um, they'll have a, an incident, whether it's environmental impact and they kind of get a bad rep from that part or it's a major safety incident or something along those lines. And it spreads like wildfire. And you start to see that with groups, you know, it impacts retention. People don't want to work for an organization that they don't feel comfortable with. Um, and so we, we have that great impact with it. And also, you know, we have clients that we have to submit safety records to. And 
we may think that what we're doing is okay, but if we're not living up to their standards, guess what? We, we lose the sale, you know, and it, it has that direct you know, impact with it as well. So there's really honestly not, not an area in this organization that EHS doesn't have an influence over and, and isn't a, a key player in it, whether you realize it or not. You know, we, we really do. Sure. No, absolutely. What a great explanation. Being here seven months, that was a really good explanation <laughs> and, and really easy to understand. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know that all of them intertwine together. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned last month being, you know, May uh, Mental Health Awareness. Mm-hmm. We did so much with having a Zen Den mm-hmm and a walking group, and, and you're right, it all ties in together. And, and now, here we are leading into National Safety Month. Here we are in June, mm-hmm. right? And that takes care of, you know, safety. As you said, that's one of the easiest things. Um, you know, for our listeners, it is annual month. Um, it's an annual um, long month um, observance in the U.S. each June. Uh, during National Safety Month, individuals and organizations participate by making efforts to reduce the leading causes of unintentional injury and death at work, on the road, and in homes and in communities. So I know I know, know Elizabeth that safety is actually um, the number one, mm-hmm. right? That's an important mm-hmm. core value mm-hmm. of ours. And um, you know, as the Environmental Health and Safety Director, maybe you can talk a little bit about the safety tips tips at work and at home um, that we can be aware of. Oh, absolutely. Um, June is one of my favorite months for multiple reasons, not just because it's safety month, but it is um, one of those, you know, timeframes where we see a lot of transition, both in, in the workplace and home. So here from Mitsubishi Power, we, we just wrapped up a fiscal year. We're approaching a new fiscal year. And so a lot of people right now are kind of taking that little bit of a breather, you know, that that last push there at the end of uh, March and into April, it was like, okay, you know, now what? So part of that is is really again highlighting back to May mental health. You know, are you situationally aware of what's going on, um, and making sure that we still stay on top of things. That also directly ties into all of us and families. Those of us who are parents who have children, guess what? School just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, for most of us, now we're focused on what. Where are the kids going? What's summer camp? Where's, you know, and then most of us are like, please, where's that summer vacation? You know, that's what we focus on. And we focus more on that than we do actually what's going on in our workplaces. And it's really, really vital. This is actually a time frame that we see more incidents occurring in our non-highly sensitive areas, meaning our office people, you know, the housekeeping, tripping, falling, slipping, all of that. We seem to see more of that. Um, people not realizing that, hey, it's spring, insects come out in the spring. We see more insect bites, more bee stings this time of year. And a lot of people don't realize that that it's actually an injury. It's a work-related injury if you do it at work. And so we need to have those, those situational awareness moments with it moving forward. Um, you know, but then too, it's, it's the temperatures are rising. It doesn't matter whether you're in Florida or you're in Connecticut, the temperatures are rising. So, you know, hydration, all of that. Um, again, I'm coastal Georgia. That's, you know, where, where my house is. We are a boating community. Um, you will find me on the weekends on the beach or on the boat. Um, you know, and that's also boater safety. You know, we, we always want to, to take a break and relax and, and, you know, decompress, especially from work, but we also have to decompress responsibility. Um, and so making sure that we have that boater safety, the swim safety, the, the heat safety, really the summer safety as well. Um, and it's really, this is the time of month that we highlight all of that, but we also continue to highlight this throughout the year. 
um, it's just a fun time to talk about it. And it's, it's a great time to really kind of bring up these conversations and, and prep for what's coming. Oh, absolutely. I know June is, is such an important month, not only for National Safety Month, but June is also an important month because it's also the official start of hurricane season. You are absolutely correct on Here we that go one. again, right? Um, the kickoff date was June 1, and it runs through November 30th. And hurricane season, you know, does affect our offices in Lake Mary, Orlando, and Savannah. And I know for us, you know, this isn't our first rodeo with hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, living in Florida, South Florida, and, and all of that, we know. So... Um, I know we will have hurricane preparedness checklists at our internal platforms, uh, but maybe you can inform our listeners uh, the best ways to stay informed when it comes to evacuation information or emergency supply lists and, and so forth. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This um, kicking off, you know, hurricane season the 1st of June, um, you know, like you said, we know we're going to have hurricanes. Whether people say it's a busy season or it's not a busy season, it doesn't matter. We're going to have hurricanes. Um, right now, this is where you need to double check with your local resources. You know, what is your, what is your county? What does your state official say? Whether you're in Georgia or Florida, they're, they're all out there. So make sure you, you have those resources. Double check your evacuation routes. You know, everybody, especially if you're in hurricane prep season, you should have an evacuation route of some sort. Go ahead and double check it. Maybe that, you know, a state park lodge that you always went to is actually closed. Maybe you need to reevaluate that, you know, for that information as well. Um, you know, those are all great resources, plus the national news and things like that. But we're also going to have that throughout our, our enterprise as well. So if we have a hurricane, we're going to be putting out information. So you need to make sure that you're monitoring what we're putting out as well. Um, I also like to focus on this time frame too, is that this is a, a key moment before things start getting hectic, before we have a named storm, um, that we look with our personal medical staff. If you take prescription medication or if you have medical equipment you know, that requires you know, daily use or weekly use, even monthly use, now is the time to have those conversations with your personal medical teams to make sure that you're prepared. You know? And this is a good thing to know. Where on your evacuation are you? Do you need to make sure that they have a pharmacy somewhere along that line? Because guess what? Name storm, you and a million other people are going to be trying to head to the same pharmacy at the same time. Um, and this is, becomes a supply and demand issue. Um, now is also the time to grab your waters and your canned foods and your batteries and all of that. Because we all know first thing that goes is the milk sandwiches, you know, <laughs> so it's the milk and the bread. Um, so now's the time to be stopping up on those, you know, non-perishable items as well. Absolutely. And actually, you answered my next question. You know, what can employees do now to start preparing? And like you said, oh, we got time or we're not going to get a storm. And then something happens and then then you're in panic mode. And, and that leads into, do you have any recommendations for our listeners on how to ease any fears with, with this year's season or, or hurricane season in general? I know a lot of people just, they there are people that either are not worried, but some people really who are new to Florida or mm-hmm. Georgia, and they know that hurricane season is, you know, approaching mm-hmm. and, and maybe some people are very um, nervous or is yeah. there anything that maybe can ease their, ease their minds? Yeah, no, um, actually I, I, I have a personal story about that. I'd love to hear um, it. So when Katrina hit, so I'm, I'm from the South, I'm from that region. So when Katrina hit, um, I was actually in the military and I was stationed in, in Baghdad, Iraq. And was was over there, literally watching this radar of this massive storm, you know, approach, you know, where my parents lived, where my friends lived, where the areas that I grew up. 
and um, realized that this was going to be much more impact than anybody had kind of talked about either. And if you've ever been to New Orleans in that area, it's all below sea level. So a, a light rain is going to flood, you know, so looking at the storm, you just knew you knew it was going to be bad. You just didn't know what level it was going to be on. Um, and I made a phone call to my dad. And I think it was about 2 a.m. his time, you know, woke him up and I said, Dad, you know, it's it's going to be bad. You know, are, are y'all prepared? Are y'all ready? What are you doing? He was a couple hours in from the coast, but, you know, a storm that size a couple hours in the coast is doesn't really matter. Um, you know, of course, he's like, we're fine. Don't worry about us. You worry about you because he was more concerned about me, you know, sure. in the Middle East or in a war zone, which yeah. is understandable as a parent. Um, that was the last time I talked to my dad for two weeks. Um, they lost power um, a couple hours after that phone call. Mm -hmm. And um, to, just to say that from a mindset you know, I'm, you know, where I was physically versus where he was, you know, I did get word, you know, within about 48 hours that they were fine mm -hmm. through emails and, and other um, avenues and channels. So at least I knew that they weren't tragically impacted from it. But that, that stress, you know, from that of not knowing, you know, really sat with me for the rest of my life. And so a lot of us who do live in hurricane zones, you know, we, we look at it and we go, oh, it's a cat one, you know that's going to be fine. You know, we can sit on the back porch and watch that through. You really have to start thinking about what does this really impact? Is, is the risk worth it? And that's where we really need to go. You know what? We need to be prepared. You know, whether, you know, you can't back evacuate because that's always a possibility. Sometimes you just can't, but we really have to be, be prepared. And what does that look like, you know, from, from a big picture. And I've always learned that the more prepared you are, those nervousness, that stress level goes down. Maybe that's just because I'm a planner, um, you know, just naturally, you know, my, my husband picks on me because he's like, hey, you can be so sponta spontaneous when you plan for it. Um, and so, but I do know that if you plan, you have all of your things in place, you check with your, you know, prescriptions, you check on your animals, that always tends to be a high stress level, something, a reason why some people don't evacuate, but you have that, that can ease it. You know, we have a lot of um, people new to this region that have never experienced a hurricane before. And they're going, what is this? You know, the core at the center of Florida has been very lucky. You know, when, but we learned last year that you're not immune to it. So when in doubt, go on vacation. You know, when in doubt, pack it up and go. Don't, don't risk it. Um, and I think that's, you know, really the best. And if not, you know, you just, you hunker down and you have your batteries and you have your radio um, yes, not an iPhone, an actual radio, um, and, and you stay prepared that way. Absolutely. No, that's really good advice. I, uh, I remember I worked with local government and mm -hmm. I remember local officials telling citizens, you know, this is the time if you're mm -hmm. going to evacuate, whether it was with Hurricane Ian or, or mm -hmm. Nicole, this is the time. And you had some people saying, no, we're going to wait it out. Mm -hmm. Well, again, that's just not the time to be you know, well, we, we can handle it because you got to listen to those local officials. And uh, we had uh, new neighbors move into our, in our neighborhood mm -hmm. and they're from New Jersey and they had no idea. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but those are the people that are brand new to Florida that are going to listen and yeah. listen to the officials and, and really take this seriously because we've had tropical storms that have mm -hmm. been worse than maybe a cat one. So you really got to listen to officials mm -hmm. and really take the proper precautions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other the other side of this coin that a lot of people don't make the connection is, is if if all the government, all the subject matter experts are saying, hey, you need to evacuate, you need to evacuate, and you choose not to, 
what you're actually doing is there's people who can't. Those are your emergency response people, your firemen, your ambulance, your medical staff, all of that. You're an able body that can get out of the way, but you choose not to. So in a lot of ways, if you're one of those people that you're stuck on your roof, you had a tree fall down, you need rescue. Now we're asking, you know, professionals, emergency professionals to put their life at risk to come and support you, which is what they're going to do. There are no questions asked. They're not, they're not going to, they're going to do it anyway. But that's just the other side of that coin that we kind of need to think about as people, you know, and just humans, you know. Is it really worth, you know, me not going through the hassle of having to sit in traffic to evacuate, to put somebody else's life at risk in case I'm in a situation? Right. So it's that full picture that I think a lot of people, you know, need to need to realize when they make those decisions of whether they're going to evacuate or stay. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, really good advice. And again, here we are again, right? We're in hurricane season. Mm-hmm. This is an important topic to talk about. It really is. So thank you for all that background and, and information. I think it's uh, people need to you know, focus on it because you just never know when a storm may come. Absolutely. You have to be ready. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed part one of episode three of the Power Chats podcast. If there are things that you want to learn more about or ask about from part one of this episode, please post a comment on Yammer. Stay tuned for part two of this episode, which we will be releasing later this month where Elizabeth and I will continue our discussion focused on National Safety Month. Until next time.